Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to gracelife.church. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the gracelife.church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. We're doing a series called God Within. And this series is about the fact that God lives inside of us. It comes out of this scripture. Actually, it's in the Bible more than once. Uh, But we're looking at this one at 1 Corinthians 3. This says, do you not know that you are God's temple and his spirit dwells in you? See, it's very easy for us to have this idea. God is big and God is far away because we think God is in heaven. Maybe you have a mental image. God is sitting on a cloud or, or who knows what. But what we discover when we look at the Bible is that God actually dwells right here. And God is close to us. And, and so if we could just take time to stop and think about what are the implications of that. I mean, that is serious if God is that close to us. We can't begin to touch it all here on Sunday morning. I'm, I'm getting about 30, 35 minutes at best. Uh, five weeks, we're doing five parts. And so we're just going to begin to scratch the surface of what it means to have God dwelling this close. So in part one, we talked about how the Holy Spirit living inside of us is plan A. It is God's plan A. It has always been God's plan A. If we go back to the Garden of Eden, it was God's plan to dwell with his children and talk to his children, to be close for them to be in his presence. And he is restoring plan A. It's always been plan A. This is what God is doing. You know, we get the idea sometimes that, that Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose again, Jesus went to heaven, and then there was just this, this problem like, oh my gosh, Jesus is gone. What are we going to do? But that's not how it went down at all. Matter of fact, John said of Jesus, before he had ever done a thing, before Jesus, had, he said, look, somebody's coming. His name is Jesus, and he will fill you with the Spirit. It was God's plan A all along to continue dwelling with his children and talking to his children. Part one, if you missed it, go back and hear that. Part two last week, and uh, if you were in second service last week, which I'm going to presume is most of you. So raise your hand if you were in second service last week. That should, y'all got to participate better than this, just so you know. Um, I, I, I have to apologize. I, I totally messed up. Uh, and uh, you can put that on the calendar. It doesn't happen often, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it happens all the time. Uh, but, but I don't mess up like I do, did, did with you guys last week if you were second service. There was a point that I was working toward the entire message, and I was going to put it on the screen, and in every other service, they went, Wow, it was a really cool moment. And uh, somehow I just got really excited and totally forgot it. And uh, I got to where I was praying and I was, I was doing the prayer at the end. I realized like we never did that. Never even gave you the point of the message. So I hope you enjoyed the 30 minute introduction that I gave you last week. So you guys are going to get a really special like 60 second culmination of part two. Here was part two. We were talking about the idea that if God dwells within us, that can be an incredibly comforting thought on your bad days. That, that when you're going through a struggle, the fact that God is here can be, oh, thank you. That is so comforting. But on your not so good days, a different kind of bad, right? When you had that thought and you did that thing and you wish God hadn't seen that and all of that sort of stuff, it's a little bit scary that God's that close. It's a little bit disconcerting that God is with me every time I sin, that God is there when I have that thought and, and that sort of thing. And so 
I had told you that I have a life group that I talk to about the Holy Spirit, and every time I ask, how many of you are comforted by God being this close, about half raise their hands. And I say, how many of you are scared by God being that close, about half raise their hands. And then this is the part I forgot to tell you last week. One time I was doing this group, and almost everybody raised their hands for the scared part. I don't know, maybe I had just preached about God, you know, striking somebody dead or so. I don't really know what I'd done. I guess I had messed up the group, and they were, they were all like, oh my gosh, God's that close. Oh. They, were, they were all kind of freaking out. And there was this one guy in the group, he's a good friend of mine, and he's been in the church now for five or six years. You, you probably have never heard him say a word, even if you've known him for these five or six years. He's just super quiet, introverted guy. He'd come into my house every week, sat down, didn't say a word. And at this point, when everybody is totally freaking out, he said the most brilliant thing, and I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't, but I just still didn't preach it. And so anyway, and here's what he said as everybody was freaking out about the fact that the Holy Spirit came to live inside of them, and they, he knew what they did wrong. I'm going to put this on the screen for you. He said, God knew you weren't a model home. He knows you're a fixer-upper. The Holy Spirit came to renovate. And I thought, wow. Come on, who's encouraged by that, right? I mean, think about that. We, we get so scared, and, and when you know a guest is coming, you're like, oh, honey, you know, let's, let's hide the dirt in the closet or on the bed, you know, that sort of thing. Let's put all the dirty dishes, like, you know, in this cabinet, and we'll deal with it later. You forget about them until they start smelling, whatever. You know, that whole kind of thing that we do. We do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Oh, God dwells here? Oh, my goodness, let me, let me, let me, let me get on a good little act, you know, whatever. Look, you, you spent your whole life acting for people. You don't need to do this for God because it doesn't work. He knows the real you. But here is what is so comforting. He knew who you really were. He knew what he was purchasing when he died on the cross. The Holy Spirit knew what he was coming to dwell within. He, he was coming to do it to make us more like God, not to scare you into pretending to be more like God, but to help make us more like God. That should be comforting, not scary, right? I mean, how many of you, if you went house shopping, you were the person that wants the model home? You're like, I need it turnkey, ready to go, painted, everything done, because I don't know how to use a screwdriver anyway, right? Come on. Some of you, in there, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, I'll buy you a hammer, man. It'll be a Christmas present. Uh, anyway, and then, then some of us are like, I, I want to buy a fixer-upper, right? I want to make it my own. I want to move this around and paint it that color, and I want to sit on my couch and look at that, that molding or whatever and go, I did that. You know, you, you, you have, that's the Holy Spirit. I mean, he, he moves in. He just, he looks at what he's done in us and goes, yep, that was fun, man. That was awesome. I loved walking you through that. I loved making you more like Jesus. That's what he's here to do. Should be incredibly comforting. Well, today we're on part three of this series. And uh, when I first started uh, hearing about the Holy Spirit, I was excited about some things. Uh, I told you I grew up in some really great churches that uh, really just didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. Great churches, loved God, taught me a lot of great stuff about the Bible, about God and everything. But somehow the idea of who the Holy Spirit was and what he does on the earth today and what he does inside of believers, that wasn't really talked about. And so as I went off to college and people began talking about this, I love the idea that, that God would heal people and God would do miracles and, you know, that whole sort of, you know, that, that, I was into that. If we can pray and see God do a miracle, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see, you know, somebody suddenly healed of something. I, I, that would just be amazing. But there was one thing about the Holy Spirit that was incredibly challenging to me. My friends would talk about how they were, they were praying and God said to them. And right at that point, I was like, God said what? To who? Like you? 
Because I grew up where God talked to the pastor, but he didn't talk to people. Like, that, that wasn't what he did. And as they talked about God talking to them all the time, and it, it was like all the time. They weren't like, you know, 12 years ago, God said to me. You know, it wasn't one of those. They were like, yeah, this morning I was praying, and God was talking to me about this. And then, you know, at lunch, God was talking to me about it. I was like, and I wanted that, but I also was a little like, how do you get that? And so I, I did this, this crazy thing, and it's just weird, and everybody's weird, so don't laugh at my weirdness. You laugh at your own weirdness. But um, I, I went to college in the mountains of North Carolina, and uh, so we, we were right off of the Blue Ridge Parkway, and we would do this thing called a parkway day, and that was our phrase for skipping class because nature was pretty and we liked outdoors. That's why you went to school there. And so I did a parkway day, and I, I, I got a bottle of water and my Bible, and I drove out on the Blue Ridge Parkway to a point where I found some good hiking, and I, I went and found my way up on top of this rock, and, and I got there, and I sat down, and I said, okay, God, Speak. And I'm not really sure what I expected, but I didn't get it. Because matter of fact, I didn't get nothing. And I'm just sitting there waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm thinking, come on, God, speak. And I keep doing this for a while and doing this for a while. And so then I figured God's testing me. That's what God's doing. God's testing me. So <laughs> next thing I said, okay, God, I'm not moving until you speak. And the only thing I discovered was I was very weak because <laughs> it got dark and it got cold and I left and God had not said anything. And, and, and how many of you would love to hear God's voice for you personally? Come on, seriously, raise, pay, pay attention. You got to be with me today. How many of you would love to hear God's voice for you personally? There, I think there is nothing more frustrating for a believer than when they feel they cannot hear from God, when they wonder what God is saying to them. And if you're in that place where you're frustrated about how to hear the voice of God, chances are very good that you are having the same struggle now that I had sitting on that rock then and that I, I was listening for the wrong kind of voice. You see, there is nothing that will make God feel as close and as real to you as when you hear his voice. There's also nothing that will make you feel as lonely and far from God as if you can't hear his voice. So what I want to talk to you today about is something I really wish somebody had shared with me. Because at that point where my friends are talking about hearing from God and I found myself on a rock with God not talking to me, I really wish someone had explained to me how to hear the voice of God. So I hope somebody here is excited to learn how to hear the voice of God today. Yeah, somebody? Okay, so here's where we are. We're going to pick up right where we left off. So far in this whole series, we've kind of been in the middle of the book of John or so, uh, where Jesus is, is having a really important conversation with his disciples. And one of the things he said is like, look, I'm leaving. And it's actually going to be better for you when I leave because I'm going to send the Spirit. And we've talked about different things that he said. And so when he said, I'm going to send the Spirit, he also called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. And so we're going to pick up right there and see one of the things that he said about the Holy Spirit. This is in John 16. It's not our main passage, so just follow along on the screen here. And here's what it says. When the Spirit of truth comes, he, Holy Spirit is a he, not an it, will guide you into all the truth. Well, how's he going to do that? Because he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to who? You and me. He's going to talk to us the things that are to come. You need to realize how much of an incredible change this was. Like even for some of us here this morning, this is like a big change. 
because maybe you grew up going to church like I did, and, and, and no one ever talked about this. No one has ever said a word to you about hearing the voice of God. If, if they did, that you just you, like me, you thought only the pastor heard from God or something like that. And so this idea that, wait a minute, it, God speaks through his spirit, whoa, and this might be mind-blowing for some of us, but listen, this was way more mind-blowing for them at that time. Because up until this point, God's voice had pretty much always been a natural voice. And they had heard a natural voice through natural ears. In order to hear from God, their eardrums vibrated. See, it went kind of like this. God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He did that once. God has spoken to some people through angels. He did that a few times. God has spoken with a thundering voice from heaven. In all of the Bible, he did that a handful of times. And so what they were used to at this point was having individual people like Moses. Moses is a good example, burning bush, and then God speaks to him. And so then Moses becomes the voice to speak to other people. God says, now I'm going to speak to you. You go speak to my people. So if they wanted to know what God was saying, all they had to do is, hey, where's Moses? Anybody seen Moses? Hey, Moses, what's God saying today? And so then they could hear the voice of God because God was speaking through Moses. It was so easy to hear Moses talk. He's got a human mouth. I've got human ears. And then Moses took it one step further. He wrote it down. And so when Moses was dead, somebody's like, hey, wonder what God's saying. Well, Moses, he's got it all, man. Here, here, here's what God said. And it was the first five chapters of, of our Bible. So they, they had a lot of what God said to them anytime that they looked at that. And then God would keep speaking through men. You want to know what God said? You just have to go find Isaiah. And Isaiah will tell you what God's saying. You want to go know what God says? Go find Jeremiah. Jeremiah will tell you what God's saying. And Isaiah wrote it down. And Jeremiah wrote it down. And it reached a point where they had, uh, minus the New Testament, they had a, a Bible. Now, they didn't call it the Bible. It was, it was their, their uh, scriptures, but that's what they had. And so Jesus is coming. So they've got all that God has ever said. They can see it written on paper. They've heard it through their ears, spoken by the mouth of a man, and now Jesus is God in the flesh. And Jesus says, hey, look, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I don't do things on my own. I do what the Father's doing. I don't say on my own. I say what the Father's telling me. You know what that means? God's here, and God's speaking, but it's coming out of a natural person's mouth through their natural ears, and that's how he gathered this crowd. And so this is freaking everybody out when Jesus says, the Spirit is going to come. He's going to talk to you. Never in history. Do you, do you understand? This was huge. That he says, you're not going to hear with eardrums vibrating anymore. Now, I'm not going to say never, because there are a few people who have, they've had those stories like, wow, I, was, I, I heard the audible voice of God like 17 years ago or something. I mean, that, that happens. People say, oh, I saw an angel or something like that. But the majority of us we don't see an angel every morning where, when we pray, right? The majority of us haven't heard a thundering voice from heaven. The majority of us have not seen a burning bush. I mean, so Jesus is saying, I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And the way you hear from God is changing. Huge, mind-blowing, overwhelming. And so here's the thing. They were probably wondering at that point, do we need this? Or, or why would we need this? I mean, we've got every command God's ever written to us. It's right here, so we don't need this. And you and I today, sometimes we ask the same question. Matter of fact, some people will not even like the, the kind of thing that we're talking about because they'll say, we don't need to hear the voice of God. We've got the voice of God right here. 
And please do not misunderstand. I love the Bible. I absolutely believe it is God's infallible, inerrant word, and this is what I preach. This is what I believe. I am not diminishing that in any way. But we can get into the same place where we say, I've got this. I don't need anything else. So the question before we go any further, we're going to answer is, if we have this, do we need a spiritual voice? Do we need to hear from the Holy Spirit? You see, everything was changing. The voice of God was not going to come from out there through this. The voice of God was going to start in here and gather this. Mind-blowing when you think about it. Our main passage today, because the best place to answer the question, do we need a spiritual voice? The best place to answer that question is in God's written voice, what God has already said to us. So our main passage is 1 Corinthians 2, if you've got your Bibles. If not, it's going to be right here. And here's what it says. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, no, nor the heart of man been able to imagine, what God has prepared for those who love him, Wait a minute. You mean God has a plan for me? Yeah, yeah, God has a plan for those who love him. God's got an intent for today. God's got an intent for tomorrow. God's got an intent for your life. God's got a vision for you. God wants to talk to you about it. God wants to speak to you. And, and it's not going to be through what these eyes have seen. It's not going to be through what these ears have heard. It's not going to be through what you can even come up with. Your best plan for your life is nothing compared to what he's got. Well, then what are we going to do? How in the world are we going to hear? How are we going to know? How are we going to see? The good news, it didn't stop right there. You know what the answer is? These things God has revealed to us through His Spirit. Capital S, Holy Spirit. What we will never see, what we will never hear, what we will never come up with on our own, He will tell us through a Spirit that dwells within us. You see, here's the truth. We are missing out on so much when we don't hear the spiritual voice of God. Because then all you can see is what you can see with your natural eyes. I mean, look around the room. Everybody just look around the room. Doesn't matter where you look. Everybody just look around the room. Okay, raise your hand if you saw an angel. But they're here. Scriptures tell it. They're here. Matter of fact, how many of you saw a demon? They're here too, just so you know. Matter of fact, Jesus cast demons out of a dude in church. And some of y'all are just kind of weird anyway. So <laughs> laugh. It's funny. I wasn't talking about you. It's talking about the person beside you. But see, we don't see that, do we? Naturalize. I see Frank. I see Kent. I see Rachel. That's naturalized. I see Chuck. That's, that's what I see. And if I want to see more, then I've got to see with different eyes. You know what you hear? You hear me. You hear me. A minute ago, you heard the worship team. You hear through those speakers. You know what you're thinking? You're thinking about lunch. But you know what you're thinking about lunch? The stuff you've already had. Oh, I can't wait to go back to my favorite restaurant and have my favorite triple cheeseburger. It's delicious. You're not coming up with anything new for yourself. You're not creating new dishes right now and thinking of something that's never been done. When we can see with natural eyes, hear with natural ears, and think what we already know, we can't begin to touch God's plan for us. And it's only in a spiritual voice that we can begin to discover what he has. Now look, let me get back to this objection because, again, people would say, well, we've got this. We don't need more. And, again, every word, got to have it. Got to have it. The highest authority in our life should be. Right? You guys with me? But here's the thing. Although this tells us a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff, it can leave a question. 
So for instance, this says do not steal. It's, it's solved that problem for us if you're out of money. You're out of money, don't steal. If you're out of money, there's another answer. You don't need to pray, God, what is your will for me? Should I rob that bank or not? No, you don't need to pray that. <laughs> God has answered, you shall not rob that bank. You shall not steal. It's in here, right? And so it also is in here that says that the hand of the diligent will be richly supplied. So if you are broke, you don't rob a bank, you get a job. That's what you do. It's already in here. If that's not enough for you, you get two jobs. That's what diligent means, okay? And if that's not good enough, get a third job because you're not going to steal. You're right. Sometimes this has spoken, issue closed. But other times this speaks and the issue is not closed. In here, for instance, one example is go to all nations. Tell them about Jesus. Well, can you go to every nation, Kent? How do you know which one? How about you, Chuck? You want to go to a nation. You've got a very specific nation in mind. How do you know that was right? Maybe God wants you to go somewhere else. And, and who should go to the nations? Every one of us. If we all go to the nations, who's going to be left in this nation? And when should you go? Should we all go tomorrow? Maybe some of you should finish high school first. How do you know when to do something like go to all nations? Who knows who should go? Only a spiritual voice can discern that. What if you try something like going into business? You know, there's a lot about business in this, this Bible right here. There's a lot about how to do a godly business. And so there are godly businessmen that operate off of principles in here. And, and there's nothing in here that says that you should not start a business. Okay, so you start a business and it doesn't go well. What do you do? How do you know if that is God saying, don't do it? Or if the, it's the enemy saying, I'm going to stop you. How do you know if God is saying no or the enemy is trying to prevent you from the very thing God has for you? Yes. That answer is not there. That answer comes through the Spirit of God. Without a spiritual voice, we can know everything we need to do to obey and honor God, but we may not know every decision and how to process this for our lives. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me? This is why we've got to have a spiritual voice. So, so we're answering these, these two questions, which is, one, do we need a spiritual voice? And then two, how do we hear a spiritual voice, right? So we know we need his spiritual voice. The question is, how do we know? I'm sorry, how do we hear? And uh, if we keep going in the passage here, it says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. When it talks about natural here, it means someone who does not have the Holy Spirit. Spiritually discerned is for someone who does have the Spirit. How do we hear the voice of God? It is spiritually discerned. What in the world does that mean? It means you have to have a spiritual operating system. Everybody in here has got a smartphone. It's just the world that we live in today. But your smartphone without an operating system is a paperweight. It won't take a picture. It won't send a text. It won't receive a call. It won't answer a question when you say, hey, Siri. It won't do anything without an operating system. Same thing with a computer or anything else. All it'll do is keep paper from flying in the wind. You and I have to have an operating system, a spiritual operating system. It's called the Holy Spirit. See, when we become believers, we change from being a natural person to being a spiritual person because the Spirit of God moves in. We have to have the Holy Spirit. So look, we're in a good place at this point. Hopefully all of you have said, cool, need the spiritual voice of God. Great. 
Now I know that I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got an operating system. I can hear the voice of God. And I'd like at this point that your greatest question, you're about to burst it out loud is, then how, well, what does it sound like? Go on, anybody? What does the voice of God sound like? Do you care about it? Yeah. Because this is what I wish somebody had told me. Because I was still trying to like sit on a rock and hope that the, the ground was going to shake or something like that. I was, I was even testing God out with, I'm going to ask you questions. If I say yes, I want to see that tree move. And Don't act like I'm the only one that's ever done this stuff. Y'all have done that too. God, if you want me to take this job, have this person call me or whatever. Y'all do the same thing. Here's what his voice sounds like. Thoughts, feelings, convictions. This is, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of us. Now look, I realized right then y'all went, oh, that was not the kind of answer I wanted. I wanted something like, you know, the, the sky turns different colors and all kinds of strange stuff. What do you mean thoughts? Well, what I mean is you will have a thought and it will be the voice of God speaking to you. Let me give you an example. Yesterday, I was, I was cutting some boards. I'm working on this renovation in my house and had a carpenter, a friend of mine in the church. He came over and he was helping me. And uh, we were doing something on a wall, and, and uh, I needed to put some, some boards at studs. There you go. And uh, he said, so measure these over here and then measure over there because it may not be the same. Sure enough, he's right. They weren't the same. They were longer over here than they were over here. So I go downstairs out to my garage, and I cut the first board, and I cut the second board, and I get ready to cut the third board, but I've got to mark it different. It's shorter. So I get, get the tape measure out. I mark it shorter. I draw my line, get my square. It's all good. Get the hand on the saw, and I had a thought. Don't cut that yet. Now I'm thinking, I know I measured right. I know I'm, I can tell you right now it was 92 and a quarter inches. I still, I got it. I, I had it right. So I said, Okay. Take the other boards that I did cut, take them back upstairs. I put them in place, and sure enough, my measurement was right before I put them in place, but when I put them in place, it moved the other board. And now my measurement's wrong. Do you think I knew the future? Who knew the future? Who knew that after I put those correctly measured boards in place, it would change the measurement? Not that I was wrong, but it would change it. See, we, we have these, it was the Holy Spirit helping me not make a mistake because I would have been on my way to Home Depot because I would have cut the boards too short and I wouldn't have had any more. You, you, you know what we do? Y'all are looking at me like, that didn't sound spiritual, Jimmy. Look, here's the truth. Here's the truth. God speaks, and as good Southerners, we give him no credit. Now, Northerners, y'all don't have this problem, but let me tell you what we do here in the South. I'm not really sure what your problem is. I just know here's what we do. We say things like, it dawned on me. <laughs> right? It dawned on me. I was cutting those boards, and it dawned on me. These might not fit until I die. No, it didn't dawn on you. What dawned on you? Like, did a board fall on your head? What do you mean it dawned on you? Like, God, I can't hear you. You never speak to me. I, don't, I, I blame you for not talking to me. When he does talk to you, we're like, oh, look, that was just my own genius. I just knew I shouldn't cut those boards yet. We just, or, or it's some other thing out there. Something told me. That's our other one. Something told me. Come on, who's done that one? Something told me. Something, something what? What's something? What's something talking to you? You might need medication if something talking to you ain't the Holy Spirit. Think about that. How many voices are you really hearing? 
But in all seriousness, you get in your car, there's one way home, you take it every single day, you never have another thought. But one day you do have a thought, and that thought is, I should go that way. Now, you can do the whole something told me. It dawned on me there's another way home. Or you can go, why am I having that thought? Why, am I ha why that thought instead of that thought and everything else? How about this? Feelings. See, when the Holy Spirit moves in, it, he begins to change our feelings, and our feelings are him directing us, and his directing us is his voice. Again, we want our eardrums to vibrate, but it can be a different thing. See, before you became a believer, you did stuff that you weren't supposed to do, and you got away with it, and you were happy about it, right? Don't raise your hands for this, but, you know, we lied to our parents or, or something else. Like, sure, Mom, I'm going to Johnny's, and you were actually going to Susie's and that kind of thing. And then you enjoyed the fact that your mama didn't catch you. You're like, yeah, I got away with that one. That was you know, that whole thing, and you're, you're, you're bragging about it. And then you start following Jesus, and you lie to your mama. Yeah, no, Mom, we can't come over this time because we're something. And you, oh, you start to feel bad. What changed? The Holy Spirit. And he's speaking to you. It says, go tell your mama that truth. Stop lying. It's, it's called remorse. Maybe you feel peace. Should I do this or should I not do this? And then you feel peace. Okay. You, you, you think, I'm going to do, and you feel peace. Sometimes you think, I'm going to do this, and you don't feel peace. You feel very, very unsettled. I was taking a trip uh, a couple of years ago. Didn't get to take this trip. I was planning to take this trip. I was going to go whitewater rafting. I love whitewater rafting. Bigger rapids, better, like class five, class six. Like seriously, like let's, let's go do this thing, man. The, the adrenaline rush, the bigger the waves. I, I love when the waves are taller than the boat that I'm in. I just think that's amazing. And, and uh, I've done this several times. And, and anybody in here love whitewater rafting? Yeah, some of you. Okay, cool. You know, people die. <laughs> people die. And so I had this one trip planned with a couple other guys in the church, and I, I was ready to go. And, and I just started feeling a little unsettled about it. My wife came to me, and she said, I don't know about this trip. She was feeling a little unsettled about it. But I wanted to go, so I wasn't going to trust that little unsettled. That way, you know, I wasn't unsettled enough for that one, you know. You just cancel the trip. Got to be a lot more unsettled than that. So the Holy Spirit said, I'll unsettle you then. So I got a phone call out of the blue from a friend of mine in another state that said, hey, are you about to go on a trip? Yeah, I really don't think you should. So I didn't go. And, and maybe I wouldn't be here today. I don't really know. Who knows what would happen? But the point to that is you begin to have feelings. Other people have feelings. There's a spiritual voice that goes on inside. You may feel a reservation like, uh, or you might feel an approval like, yeah, let's do this. Things will feel good. Things will feel not you might have a conviction, an inner conviction where a yes is a yes and you know it's a yes and a no is a no, you know it's a no and you don't know why, you just know. You all know what I'm saying? That, that conviction there. So what I want to do just to wrap up and finish is, is to give you, I'm going to give you four words, four words that will help you with your thoughts, your feelings, and your convictions to, to know when is God actually speaking. So I, I want to just say these are four keys to hearing from God. The first one is, is expectation. So four words for you as we leave today. Expectation. So here's the question. Do you expect God to talk to you this way? If you don't expect God to talk to you this way, then you're probably going to miss it. If my wife is trying to talk to me and I don't know it, I'm going to miss it. But if she calls me on the phone and the phone rings, she's got a ringtone nobody else has. It's bad to the bone just for the record. I should have my phone let her call right now. And so when bad to the bone comes across my phone and her face shows up on the screen, I'm like, yes, dear. 
and I have an expectation to hear her voice. And I have an expectation of the conversation we're going to have because I know her, right? Expectation. Do you actually expect a spiritual God to speak to you? Are you paying attention to your thoughts? Are you paying attention to your feelings? Are you paying attention to your convictions? And if you're saying, well, sometimes I seem to miss it a lot, so do I. So do I. Matter of fact, what I've discovered I'm really good at is discovering when I've missed it. Hindsight's 2020. It's very funny. God gave me a word for this year. This word for me was listen. My year for 2019 was to actually try and be quiet and hear from God more. And at this point, I was sharing with Kent the other day, we, we're nearing the end of September, and I think I have failed at listening more this year than any year I can remember. And a lot of times just in little stuff, sometimes in making plans and whatever, but still just miss it. And, and the good news, I haven't done anything that's put me in jail yet or you know, any of that kind of stuff. Just, just sometimes you wish you'd have got that right. So maybe the whole point was God was going to spend this year showing me how little I listen. Maybe I'll get it right in 2020. I don't know. Second word is trust. It's hard to trust your thoughts, your feelings, and your convictions. Because if we could just be honest, this is the point where it gets weird, right? If this is new to you, this is the point where it gets weird. Somebody says, well, I was thinking. I had this thought. And God said. You ever had somebody say to you, God said to me, and then they said the dumbest thing. I've had people say to me, God said to me, and then they told me something that was directly in contradiction with the Bible, which, by the way, never going to happen. If your thought contradicts the Bible, your thought's wrong. That's not the voice of God. Because the truth is, we're never going to be perfect at hearing God through our thoughts and our feelings and our convictions. And so some of us, we want to stay away from this kind of Holy Spirit stuff because we've seen a whole lot of people abuse it, mess it up, say stupid stuff, and try to do crazy things. I'll come back to that in a minute. So how do you trust? Well, if you have a thought, as you're sitting in a restaurant, I should go pray for them. And we're like, I don't know if that's God. Sure, the devil really tells you to go pray for people all the time. I mean, seriously? Let me give you two questions. One, would the devil tell you to do that? We're like, well, I guess I should should give to this couple that can't afford a vacation. Honey, we could give them our vacation. I don't know. That's the devil. I mean, seriously? Generosity and kindness? Okay, look, that's not that hard to figure out if that's from God or the devil, right? So would the devil tell you to do it? And why that thought? It's a good question to ask yourself. Why that thought? So you're, you're sitting there in the morning, you're reading the Bible, you're praying, and you, you think of Aunt Sally. You haven't thought of Aunt Sally in a long time. You haven't heard from Aunt Sally in a long time. You haven't called Aunt Sally in a long time. Pick up the phone. Hey, Aunt Sally, I was just praying this morning. I felt like I should give you a call. Oh, that's great. Because here's what's going on. I'm having a tough time. It's really good to hear your voice. You figure out you heard from God. But here's the point. Did you think of Aunt Sally every single time, every single day? And why Aunt Sally? And why not Uncle Bob? Why not a coworker? Why not someone else? Why that thought? When you start to figure out you, you have very specific thoughts at very specific times that wouldn't be something the devil would tell you to do, you can actually start to trust them. You can also always put it against God's word. God's spiritual voice will never violate his written voice. And then God has put people in your life that, that are good with hearing a spiritual voice of God. They have a lot of experience in hearing the spiritual voice of God. 
So if you're a teenager and you're saying, I think God's told me to do this, go talk to your parents. God put them there for a reason. I realize you don't agree with them all the time, but there is a fact. God put them there. God put them there before you were there. That's how you got here. You've got pastors. God put them there. You've got leaders in your life in other ways. You've got a spouse. God put people there. Which, by the way, leads to point number three, experience. Truth is, it just takes a while to learn to to discern which thought, which feeling, which conviction. Is this the voice of God? Is this something else? And so when you've got somebody that has learned to trust the spiritual voice because they have a lot of experience. Come on, let me give you an illustration. How many of you have ever watched a toddler come up to a parent? No, you cannot have chocolate milk. You know why they got that? Because they've been around since the first sound came out of his or her mouth. They've, they've just been there every day. They've heard that so many times. They've heard what? with chocolate milk so many times. They figured out that's what that kid means. Experience. The longer you walk with Jesus, the longer the Holy Spirit has dwelt here, the more that you've begun to pay attention to your thoughts, your feelings, your convictions, then the better you're going to get at discerning if this is God or not. And then I'm going to leave you, the last one that I'm going to leave you with here is obedience. Obedience. And too often we're like, God, why don't you talk to me? And God's in heaven saying, I talk to you a whole lot. And I'm tired of you ignoring me. Go back to the last thing I said. You're directly contradicting this with your life. You might have a difficult time hearing the voice of God. Because he's already spoken. That might be a hard truth. And you might not like me for saying it. But people do funny. I'll make a funny illustration to make you feel better. You lie on your tax return, get a little extra back. And so you sit down and try to be a good Christian. God, I was in Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Should I invest this money or should I put it towards my snowball debt retirement? Investment, debt retirement. God, I told you not to lie and still give it back. You don't invest it. And he's not talking to you. He's not answering that question because you already know the answer. Look, parents, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Try to tell your kids, like, get in the car. Get your shoes on, get in the car. I intend to take them out for ice cream. I say, get your shoes on, get in the car, and they just sit there on their iPads. Why? You ain't going to find out why until you get your shoes on. I'm not saying anything. Too often we're telling, saying God's not speaking to us. And you might be right, because he's already spoken. Go back to the last place that you left him talking. And you might get his voice back into your life. I just want us to imagine what our lives would be like if we began to hear the voice of God on a regular basis in our lives and actually put that to work. Can you imagine the favor and the blessing instead of the correction and the consequences, right? Imagine if we would begin to to hear his voice on a regular basis, how close he would feel to us. Imagine what he could do through us to this world if we could hear his voice and do what he says imagine that you begin tomorrow say, okay God I'm going to try this thing I'm going to try this thing I'm going to go with my thoughts with my feelings I, I want you to speak to me 
And so you're sitting in a restaurant at lunch break tomorrow, and you look across the restaurant and you see somebody. And, and you can't get them out of your mind. Okay, let's go back with test. Why that thought? There's a whole lot of people in this restaurant. Why are they the only one that's on your mind? And God's telling you to go pray for it. You're having a thought. I should pray for them. Why are you thinking you should pray for them? The devil don't tell you to do that, right? Why them? Why pray? And you go over there and say, I feel like God wanted me to tell you this and pray for you. And you want to know the reality? There are tons of people that will never drive onto a parking lot for a church and never walk in the doors. But God's people will go to the same restaurants they go to. God's people will end up working at the desk beside them. God's people will live next door to them. And imagine as they are crying out, God, in whatever that means to them. If there is such a thing, God, if you're actually there, God, if you're real, God, give me a sign. And you keep thinking they're going to come here, but instead God sends you there. God says, see that person, go up there and pray for them. Imagine what God could do through us to a hurting world if we would just listen. Let me pray for you. God, you are so good to put your spirit in us so that you are always with us, that you are close, you are a comforter. God, we thank you that you are never far away, that we can hear you, we can know your thoughts, we can know your will for our lives. God, we are so blessed to have a God who loves us and would create things to work in such a way. God, you, you could have made yourself a distant God. You could have separated us from you and, and never done anything about bringing us close again. So God, we are so grateful. We're, we're so grateful that you send your spirit to dwell within us, that we would know your thoughts, that we would know your plans, that we would hear your voice experience your love if you would just stay in an attitude of prayer I'll, I want to talk to those of you who have yet to make Jesus your king as we said earlier you have to have a spiritual operating system that means you have to at some point in your life surrender your life to God making Jesus your king when that happens the Holy Spirit moves in you're forgiven of your sins you have eternal life but you also have the Holy Spirit close personal, dwelling within you, allowing you to feel and experience and hear from a loving God. And if you've never done that, I want to help you do that right now, right where you're seated. I'm just going to lead you in a conversation. Say something like this to yourself in the mirror. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And now I want to live for you. I thank you that you love me. And I thank you that I'm forgiven. And my simple prayer here today is that you would fill me with your spirit and give me a life of great meaning in your kingdom. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people, everybody. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.